May it be a blessing to us to hear about them this morning in worship. Congregation of our Lord Jesus Christ, as we live life, we find we need patience in so many ways. I, I can't imagine uh, trying to count the different ways that when I have had to go visit people in certain trying circumstances that a lot of times you associate the trial with patience, with waiting. Sometimes it's waiting for the day to arrive. Sometimes it's waiting for the pain to stop. Uh, our boys and girls know what it is to be patient, about needing to be patient. Maybe you're waiting for your birthday to come or Christmas to come and or you, you, you have to wait your turn, right? And you sometimes have to get in a line and you want to get in the front because why? Why do you want to get in the front? Because you don't have to wait so long, do you? If you're in the back, you really got to wait your turn. You got to be patient with your brothers and your sisters if you have them. Sometimes uh, our young people can... Count, find themselves counting down the days for school to be out. They can't wait. Or for college students to get to the point where their rigorous studies are finally over. And some of our young adults know that these past days. Mothers typically wait nine months for the baby to come. We celebrate Mother's Day. We think about the wait that they have to endure and not just nine months but then those last few hours and those last few minutes that seem like hours patience must be patient right as they anticipate surgery or as they heal from it and how many times i haven't heard that story from people it's not even so much the surgery it's waiting for it to come and it's not so much the surgery as it is to wait for the healing to all take place. And you wait. And yes, you stand in line or you take hold on the telephone line and you listen to music that you don't really like. We need patience with our children and our parents. We need patience with our employees, with our employers. We need to be patient at the traffic light if we have them. We need patience with our brothers and sisters in the Lord. We even need to be patient with God as we wait on him. The Bible has a lot to say about Patience, about long-suffering, the word that's used in Galatians 5 literally means that, to suffer long. And Psalm 37 is one of these places where we hear about how to deal with that, and how to promote that. And we all need lessons on that. Well, we have six that come out of Psalm 37 in these verses that we're looking at. We're going to look at every one of them rather briefly. But we want to start, you see them in your bulletin. I don't need to repeat them all right now because I'll be mentioning them in a moment. The first one is don't fret about others. You hear that in Psalm 37 a lot, don't you? Don't fret. The psalmist's praise of God, you notice, is also something instructive to the worshiper. 
And that's something that ought to be kept in mind in our own worship, shouldn't it? That our praise of God is substantial. It's not shallow. What we are uttering is not emptiness. It's not thin. It's meaty. The praise of God should instruct the worshiper even as it praises God. The psalmist is concerned about an attitude where believers look at the successes of godless people and they start to question God's justice and whether it's worth waiting on him. And the psalmist says, don't fret about that. Don't fret about others. Don't let the evil of others dictate your outlook on your relationship with God. Don't let the evildoers be the God. (laughs) Don't let the evildoers have the supreme influence. And don't let the evildoers impact the way that you're going to treat other people as well. Because fretting just leads to evil says our passage. What happens when you fret? What happens when you fret? Well, this is a psalm, right? This is supposed to be for praise. And when you are fretting, and when I am fretting, I don't have a whole lot of room in my heart to praise God. Because all I see is evil. And that evil is getting the best of me. And so you fume and you're vexed and you worry and you get grumpy and you cannot see the goodness of the Lord in anything in front of you. And sometimes it's right in front of you. Now what happens when you fret? You get jealous and that not only affects the way that you treat somebody else and what they've received, but it makes you look at God as if he hasn't blessed you very well. In fact, he hasn't blessed you at all because there's no room in your heart to pray. When when you're fretting, you stop praying because you don't think it's worth it because God doesn't care about you anyway. And when you fret, you do not have what our passage says we finish with, abundant peace. You're not content. You're not at peace. Your whole life becomes one big agitation. And it chews you up And it shrivels you up so that you can't be what the Lord wants you to be. Now, not only should you not fret for those reasons, but you should also not fret because David wants to remind us that whatever it is that you're fretting about won't last anyway. Grass can grow tall, but it doesn't take long for that grass to get cut down to size. And so he says, don't fret about others. Their day will come when they are no more. Instead, he says, and and this is the cure and the antidote to fretting, is trust in the Lord and do good. Trust in the Lord and do good. Faith cures fretting. That's trust in the Lord. And doing good is the antidote to fretting. See, sight sees only as things as they appear to be. Faith sees things as they really are. Which, of course, always means we've got to have our Bibles open so that we can see things in the eyes of faith. It seems long when we have to wait for things that we really want to see happen. Boys and girls really know what that's like. You, got, you have such a 
small amount of time in which you've lived. And then when you've got to add time to that small amount in which you were living, that's a huge chunk of your life that you have in percentage, that you have to wait for something. And it seems so long. But then you compare that to eternity. And people wonder why does Christ not return? But what is time to God? Seems like an eternity to see progress and healing. It seems like evil wins when we see somebody die in the Lord. And it wants to kind of chop our legs out from under us. Whether it happens suddenly or whether it happens slowly. But faith tells us when someone dies in the Lord, that that person is in the Lord and is with the Lord. The momentary afflictions don't seem momentary. But when they're compared to the eternal glories that far outshine them, they are, they are no comparison. And that's when we're seeing things, you know, in the, in the light of God's word. And in that same thought that we see, that same thought we see that the, the passage tells us, uh, dwell in the land and befriend faithfulness, be fed in faithfulness. The land is the place of rest and peace. The wilderness is where murmuring happens and no peace is found. Right? Where, where, did, the, where did the Israelites murmur? They, they murmured in the wilderness, not in the land. There's no peace found in the wilderness. You meditate on your relationship with the Lord and you focus on what, what is good. Cain could not do that. He fretted, he was jealous, and he couldn't overcome that. So instead of doing good, he compounded his problem. Right? And he had a burden that he said was more than he could bear because of it. That's because he compounded his problem. Because the answer to fretting is not more fretting, and the answer to fretting is not more evil. It's not to dwell on the evil of, of others or the perceived evil of others. The answer to fretting or to evil is not more evil. The answer to fretting is to do good. It's to take it in, take it, take joy in that. To delight in that. That way you overcome evil with good. And we see this come true so much if we just look around, right? If we keep ourselves busy with the things that we should be doing from day to day, our impatience would diminish. We don't have time to be impatient. Because we're too busy doing what we're supposed to do. You know, if I can't wait for a particular day to come, I, I find that it's harder to wait for that day to come when I'm not keeping myself busy. You know how that is. You know, when you're busy, like the day that just the day just goes. Minutes seem like hours, hours seem like days when you're not busy. You know, why does the clock go by so slowly sometimes when you're in the hospital? Now, I've had it where, in my, just in my own experience, when I wasn't feeling well, then time didn't go slowly. 
But when I started, when I would start feeling well, it's like, you know, who stopped? Who took the batteries out of the clock? Time goes by so slowly. I, I need something to do because <laughs> there we sit. You know, you're on a plane if you're traveling somewhere. If you're just sitting there on the plane and they tell you the flight's going to take you three hours, you go, three hours? But if you're reading a book or you, you, you find something that you can work on, you got some work to do, you might actually look and say, only three hours? I got stuff to do. Time goes by. Not just when you're having fun, but when you're doing something well. Staying busy. The reason that, that days go by fast for many people, particularly Christian people, is because they don't spend time fretting. They've got things to do. And they got better things to do than fret. And so when you keep busy with the things that your Savior wants you to be doing, time marches on. And I can tell you that. That is true. Before you know it, Time has really marched on. But you do the things that you're called to do and you leave the results of them to God and the things that you cannot change to the Lord. And that's trusting in the Lord and doing good. God has promises to you in Christ. He'll keep them in His time. God has called us to be busy in His world and when we keep those things in mind, then you will find, and I will find, that it will produce patience in our lives. We won't have time to be impatient. We won't have time to fret. We won't have time to be short with our tempers. You'll then be dwelling in the land and feeding on faithfulness. You will know the peace that such patience brings because you're trusting in the Lord and you're doing good. The answer to patience and is closely uh, connected to this is to be delighting in the Lord, our passage says. And that's the third precept. What's better? To, to just to spend all your time dwelling on the inadequacies and shortfalls of people that you know or the sufficiency of God. The unfaithfulness of men or the faithfulness of God. That's one of the things about being here on a Sunday that helps you. Right, Because it gives you a chance again to do something that we need to be doing throughout the week, Right, is that focus on how wondrous God is. So that will carry us through when we're tempted to have our lives dictated by what we think about other people. And we fret about that, and we are short-tempered about that. And we can't suffer long about that. But if we're dwelling on the faithfulness of God instead of the faithlessness of men, on, on the many things that God has done for us right, instead of the things that other people have done wrong to us, if we focus on what God has done for us in Christ, then, then we won't give up on him, and we won't lose patience with him, and we will wait on him. If we focus on the promises that he's made that he'll that'll never be broken, we will not focus on the promises that others have broken to us. 
If we focus on God, we won't lash out on others and we will be able to do what God is telling us to do when we're patient. And that is to suffer long. The more we focus on God's goodness, the less we'll find ourselves acting in such a way that that we blow up or we're in a rage or we will, we will do something that we will regret. And then we'll have to mend it. I, I've, I've had it at times, a few times, where people have said to me, you know, jo- you know, John, you ought to get more angry once in a while. Once in a while you get angry. Well, then people start to get their thoughts in order and they straighten up and smarten up. I'm careful about that. Partly because I hear that the man of God is not supposed to be argumentative, but I'm careful about that because I'm careful. I'm very careful about those times. I mean, there's such a thing as righteous anger. But I'm careful about those times because I'm always afraid that in a blow-up, in a rage, I'm going to regret what I did and I'm going to burn more bridges than I'm going to mend. Because when we're not patient, we're not kind. You know, again, we've said it before, patience and kindness next to each other are not coincidental. If we can be kind as we are patient, well, that's the fruit of the Spirit. The more we delight in the Lord and to take heart that God is leading us every step of the way, then even those mundane things that would otherwise get the best of us won't get the best of us. Waiting in line, being caught in traffic, being caught in front of somebody or behind somebody that's slow. It's not worth it. And I'm telling you, I do it too. The more we'll be a witness even in those mundane things. The more we take delight in God and, and how he deals with us in Christ as sinners saved by grace, the more we'll be able to be patient in the way that we deal with the shortcomings of our children as mothers, our associates, our employers, our parents, our neighbors. Something to keep in mind in, you know, on a Mother's Day. The more we delight in God, the more we want to will want to please him even in and particularly in those times where our patience is tried or where we're called to suffer long. The more we delight in pleasing God, the more we'll ask that we will delight in pleasing him. That we won't just want to please him, but that we'll take joy in that. And when we ask about God that way, we shall receive. When we seek, we shall find. He will give us the desires of our heart. That's because our delight is in him and his cause and his will. Precept four, commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in him and he shall bring it to pass. Leave with God not only your frets but all your cares. It will enable you to be rid of envy. It will keep you from giving up. Submit everything to his will. Trust that God is leading you as he should and as he promises as you seek to live for him and leave the results to him. They'll be good in the end. 
He'll bring it to pass. And who knew this better than Jesus himself as he committed his way to his Father in heaven? Right? We, we see that happen all the time around us. Right? You, you plant, you plow, you plant, you disc, all those different things that you do to get things ready for the land. But the, the harvest doesn't come right away. Right? I, I don't see anybody getting out the combines, except maybe to fix them. But they're not getting them out to go and harvest, because that doesn't happen right away. And when it does happen, you don't know how much it's going to be. Everybody's always asking afterwards, well, how much was there? Oh, more than I thought. Yeah, you do what you're supposed to do, and you leave the rest to the Lord and to his time. And instead of worrying about your own honor, you need to be worrying only about his honor. That's all. That's all. You don't have to worry about your honor. He'll vindicate you in, your time, in his time. Humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you at the proper time, casting all your anxiety upon him because he cares for you. He cares for you. Commit your way to the Lord. Then the last precept. Oh, one more after that, I should say. i got to count. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Don't fret about him who prospers in his way. We say it this way in our catechism. Be patient in adversity when dealing with providence. The more we show patience, the more we reflect God. When God reveals himself to us, he speaks about being slow to anger, abounding in loving kindness and tender mercies. The Hebrew word for slow to anger is what is also used for the word patience. I mean, what if God was not slow to anger with us? What if he were not patient with us? We wouldn't even be here. We wouldn't even be here. The more we show patience his way, the more we reflect God, and the more we show it, the more we show our faith in God's fatherly goodness, that he's got it all together. He's got us in his hand. Because what is it that we're waiting for after all? When we're waiting. What are we waiting for? We're waiting for the difficulties of providence to clear. Psalm 39.9 says, I've become silent. I don't open my mouth because it is you who have done it, O Lord. One person said that a silent tongue is in many cases not only showing a wise head, but a holy heart. When our patience is tried, oftentimes the less that is said, the less there is sin. Isn't that true? That the less that is said, the less there is sin. We say that God makes all things beautiful in his time. He'll lift you up in due time. God is worth waiting for. He always is. If the baby that's being delivered is worth the wait despite the pain, isn't God worth the wait despite the trial? One thing about the Lord, He's never too early. He's never premature. He's never too late. And even if the wicked seem to succeed and you don't, 
Isn't there more of God's love in your failure than there is in the victories of unbelief? Good things do come to those who wait, but even better things come to those who wait on the Lord. And how we need the Lord's grace for this every day. We live in a world that wants everything right now. Right? And we're tempted to follow that lifestyle. And there's sometimes that's, some of that is understandable. You know, you, you're, you're talking with somebody and you're, you're asking about what uh, this particular thing is or that particular thing is. And you go, well, let me look at it. Let me look it up a minute. Boom. You got it in 10 seconds. But we want that in everything. We want healing now. We want companionship now. We want relief now. Not yesterday. Not next week. Or maybe yesterday we could, if we could. We want Christ to come back now. We want certain things now. But God might not say, might be saying to you, not yet. Trust me. Now's not the time. And that trust can be very difficult. But when we realize that those who wait or hope in the Lord renew their strength, it's more than just waiting and hoping. It's resting. And when we're resting in the Lord, we can be more patient. And then precept six, the last one, can be easier too. Cease from anger and refrain from wrath whether it's against God or in your jealousies of others. Murmuring, fretting can easily lead to anger. Life is short. There are better things ahead for those whose patient focus is on the Lord, who gives the earth to those who wait for him. The meek shall inherit the land. Blessed are the meek, because they will inherit the earth. All is yours, and you're of Christ, and Christ is of God. God is slow to anger with us. And shouldn't that be the way it is with us? God is slow to anger with us. It doesn't mean that we have to allow ourselves to be run over. But if our anger is going to cause us to say something or do something that we are going to regret later, if it's going to keep us from a forgiving spirit, if it's going to keep us from seeking forgiveness, then we must hear Paul's calling as well. In your anger, don't sin and put away outbursts of anger. We need to be quick to listen. We need to be slow to speak. We need to be slow to become angry because man's anger does not accomplish the righteousness of God. doesn't. See, these, these precepts are not like in some places where you'll hear, well, if you carry out all these principles, you will have abundant riches. This is not what this is about. These precepts will bring to us, as our passage says, abundant peace and patience. And we need that because our patience is tried all the time. And may we seek God's forgiveness when we have failed those tests. And believe me, I have. Thank God that He gives us direction to overcome our tests of patience. Don't fret about others. Don't. Trust in the Lord and do good. Delight in the Lord. Commit your way to Him. Rest in the Lord and 
and cease from anger. And the more we put these precepts into practice, the more we're going to be reflecting God's patience with us in Jesus Christ, who we're called to confess suffered long as he endured the cross and scorned its shame. Because now what happened to him? He's the heir of God. He's inherited the land. All things belong to him. And we become co-heirs with him. More patience means more acknowledging of God's providential care over you. Christian patience will be testifying to the hope that's in you. That the meek will inherit the earth in Christ. Christian patience is going to allow people to look at you and say about you. You know what I see about that person? I see somebody who has known the patience of the Lord in his life. Wouldn't that be a blessed thing to see as we hear the call? to bear the fruit of the Spirit in our lives. The fruit of patience. Amen. Let's respond in prayer.